Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's worship him. Oh, he's in the place tonight. God's here to meet needs. God's here because we're here. He's here to touch and make a difference. Oh, I do feel his presence, don't you? Thank God. Thank God. What a joy to be in Pensacola. Look forward to it every year, have for a long, long time, and seen this church through good times and not so good times, and seeing what God is doing, and great revival that hovers here, that resides here. We're thankful for folks getting the Holy Ghost this morning, thankful for God working among his people. We're going to be better next year. We're going to be better next year. We're thankful for the leadership of this church. Brother and Sister Kinsey are just among the very best. God smiled on this congregation when he brought these folks to lead this wonderful church and carry on its heritage, its love for truth, standing for what's right. And we honor them so very much. Brother Kinsey is, is an influence in the kingdom of God around the world through his writing and preaching and his counseling and his helping and mentoring, he has impacted the United Pentecostal Church beyond my ability to describe. But I thank you for sharing him and allowing him to have ministry even beyond these walls. But most of all, that you are behind them and that you stand with them. And as God leads this church forward, you will follow them. Amen. And I thank you for that. And again, it's so good to have my family with me, people I love more than anything on this earth. And I, I'm always thrilled they're with me, my lovely wife and the world's greatest grandson. And we're just thankful. Zechariah chapter 2. Zechariah 2 will... Begin reading at verse 1, Zechariah 2 and 1. I lifted up mine eyes again and looked, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then said I, Whither goest thou? And he said unto me, To measure Jerusalem, to see what is the breadth thereof. And what is the length thereof? And behold, the angel that talked with me went forth, and another angel went out to meet him and said unto him, Run, don't walk, run and speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. For I, saith the Lord, will be, I will be unto her a wall of fire round about and will be the glory in the midst of her. I want to talk a little bit tonight about this, how God measures things, how God measures things. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for your word, its power and truth. 
touch with your grace and your strength. Let your glory, I pray, have its way among us. Talk to us and bless us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Please be seated. I think it goes without saying, as the Bible says in more than one place, that God's ways are not our ways. That God does not see as we see. That God does not comprehend with the limited and narrow ability of the human mind. God measures differently. He tells value in a different way. We live and breathe and have our being in a universe created by a God who measures on a divinely calibrated scale. He doesn't use the metric system. He doesn't, he doesn't span time with the Greenwich mean time. He doesn't use Fahrenheit or centigrade. His divine sense of worth and value is far beyond our ability to understand and to comprehend. I think it goes without saying that we wouldn't do it the way God did it. That sometimes when we cannot track him and cannot understand him, it's simply because he operates on a different method of measurement. That what matters to him is not always what matters to us. That what he says is valuable is not always what we believe is valuable. When you think about God, his divine sense of timing waited until Abraham and Sarah were well advanced in years, far beyond the child-bearing years of life, and then he said, I'm going to give you a son. No wonder Sarah laughed. But God wasn't measuring like we measure things. He isn't limited by our limitations. God sees what we cannot see. His divine scale of justice, believe it or not, would have allowed the righteousness of ten men to outweigh on the scales of justice all the gross sins of the entire cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. God does not measure like we do. His sense of leadership chose Moses, a stuttering sheep herder, a fugitive from justice, a murderer, an outcast from Pharaoh's household. And he said, you go back and you tell Pharaoh, let my people go. I might have thought there would be somebody a little more qualified with a little more stature and a little more political pull than Moses. But God doesn't measure like we measure. God's divine measure of greatness selected David, a skinny, 
ruddy complexion, probably rare, a red-haired, dreamy-eyed, harp-playing kid, and said, you're going to be the next king of Israel. But more than that, in your seed, the Messiah is going to come. I'm going to put on flesh, and it's going to be among your descendants that I'm going to do that. Don't count yourself out until God's measurement has determined who you are and what you can do. If you stop and think about it, the entire Old Testament almost is the story of Israel's relationship with God. And if God measured like you and I measured, he'd have killed him a long time ago. It'd have been an awful short story. In fact, he told Moses when things were just getting started, he said, get out of the way. I'm going to kill them all. I'll just start over with you. I got plenty of time. But Moses knew God, and he said, if you're going to do it to them, then take me too. And Moses heard God say, I won't punish the righteous with the wicked, so I'll keep working with them. God measures differently than we measure. He measures us according to his own scale to his own values. He measures us in such a way that believe it or not, one moment of repentance can cancel out a lifetime of sin. A highwayman, perhaps a murderer, a brigand, a killer, a thief hanging on the cross said remember me when you come to your kingdom and Jesus said today you're going to be with me in paradise if you failed him this year, don't give up don't turn back one moment of repentance <laughs> one confession of faith outweighs more than a dozen acts of faithfulness. A stick that God uses to measure says a heartfelt expression of genuine love stands taller than all of our selfishness and hatred and prejudice stacked one on the other because God sees the value of one heart that turns toward him. One voice that calls out to him because God doesn't measure like we measure. I, I want to make this clear. We, even those of us who've walked with God for a long time, we sometimes, subconsciously I think, have the attitude that there's, there's this divine scale. And if you've lived so many years in the world, or, or maybe you made a terrible mistake this year, that you have to balance it out on the other side with penance, with, with self-loathing, with, with public displays of grief, that you must somehow match your mistake and somehow pay off your debt. I've come to tell you tonight, your debt has been paid. God 
God's scale of justice is satisfied when you bow a knee and you say from the bottom of your heart, I'm wrong. I made a mistake. Forgive me. And the blood of Jesus Christ washes away that sin no matter what or when or where because God doesn't measure things like we measure things. Now, you, you have to understand, I, I'm, not, I'm not justifying anything. I'm not excusing anything. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter that we, that we check our hearts, that we, that we make sure that our attitude is right, that we have confidence and faith, and that we live a holy life. I'm not, I'm not backing up from any of that. But what I am saying is those 3 a.m. conscience scaldings, when you lay there and can't get back to sleep and the devil whispers in your ear, you're not what you ought to be. You haven't done what you should have done. You haven't reached the place you should be. You're a failure. You're no good. You're a hypocrite. Next time he says those words, I want you to tell him you don't get it. It's not about me. It's about about him he has cleansed me he has empowered me he has poured his spirit in me and then tell him for me that he's a liar that he couldn't tell the truth he wouldn't even recognize the truth if it reached up and grabbed him by the arm devil I want you to know I'm tired of hearing your voice I'm tired of taking your hints and your uh, insinuations I'm tired of your accusations I'm a child of God I am washed in his blood I'm baptized in his name I am filled with his spirit and God doesn't measure like mankind measures it's easy to put our own our own measuring line if you will our own yardstick or even worse that we judge ourselves by somebody else's yardstick that we live our lives according to what somebody else thinks God doesn't measure like that. God understands us. Zachariah said, I looked up. And when I looked up, I saw this young man. Young man. Nothing wrong being a young man. I'll trade with any one of you right now. But sometimes as young people, we're not as, we're not as perceptive, perhaps, as we are ambitious or as we are driven. There's no implied criticism of this young man except he didn't have all the facts and he didn't understand everything that was going on. And the Bible says that when Zechariah saw him, he had a measuring rod or stick or string in his hand. And Zechariah said, I asked him, where are you going? And he said, I am going to measure 
the city of God. I'm going to measure Jerusalem. I want to know how wide it is. I want to know how long it is. I want to understand with my mind its worth, its 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 reach. I want to grasp its value. I want to know how big Jerusalem is. And the Bible says that as Zechariah was watching him, that an angel that had already been communicating with Zechariah started going toward him. And another angel zipped down from heaven and told that first angel, run, don't tarry. You run to him and you tell him you're wasting your time. You cannot measure the children of God. You cannot measure the kingdom of God. You cannot measure the church of God. When you put your rule down, you can't read the extent. I've come to preach to you tonight. This church has seen nothing yet. That God has a plan for the future of you and this church that you cannot fathom. You cannot see the depth of it. The width of it, the breadth of it. You cannot measure the kingdom of God. Yeah. Measure Jerusalem. Just think about that, would you? Measure the city of the living God. Sit down on paper, would you? The yards and feet and inches of all that resides in the name Jerusalem. All the tears that have been wept in it. All the songs that have been sung in it. All the broken hearted people that have staggered in its gate and found a reason to go on. All the shattered lives that have been put back together. Think about this place. When you first walked in it, how do you measure a place that granted us a new start, a fresh beginning, gave us a chance to try again that gave us a brand new life there are some things you cannot measure now I'm not saying you shouldn't count how many was in Sunday school that's not what I'm talking about I'm not saying you shouldn't know whether you're growing or not growing that ain't, that ain't what I'm, let me tell you what I'm talking about you can't measure the power that resides here right now. Human beings have no capability to recognize the possibility of the Holy Ghost. There are some here tonight that you think you're outside his reach, that your life is such a mess that there's no way anybody can fix it. I want to declare to you tonight that you cannot measure. There is no extent. There is nobody too far away. There is no situation too difficult, no family problem that is beyond his reach. He is beyond our capacity capacity to understand <laughs> when you tell me the area of Jerusalem you've told me nothing when you tell me how many are in Sunday school here well that's wonderful 
But that doesn't measure what goes on in this place. Two got the Holy Ghost this morning, I understand. Two brand new lives. Two people that walked in here, one person, and walked out of here an entirely different person. How do you measure that? There's two families that will forever be changed because of the presence of God that resides in this building. While they were singing here tonight, I felt it in the depth of my heart. Somebody reached up and found hope and found peace and found help. How do you measure what God can do in one service? Their value is not in space, but in spirit. Memories that cling to what God has done here. Heroisms that turn dust to gold. Trust in God that conquered the devil. That make a trifling place seem like a paradise. Because God is in it. All of hell is afraid of it. Because while we may not know what's possible here, the devil knows that our God can do anything. And when we turn him loose, anything can happen. There are other places in the book where it didn't happen this way. And the measuring was sanctioned by God. But in this case, God said, stop him. Tell him, you're wasting your time. Because Jerusalem will be like a town that has no walls. You know what that means? There's no city limits. There's no place where here you're in the kingdom of God and here you're out of the kingdom of God. There's no walls that hold us in and there's no walls that hold them out. But like a city without walls, everything is possible. They're ours. We claim them on a bar stool in the red light district. Someone who's given up hope, who holds a pistol in their hand and contemplates ending it all. I'm not willing to give them up because there's no place where God cannot be. There's no limit to what God can do. This isn't all there is to First Pentecostal Church. This isn't all there is to First Pentecostal Church. When that miracle Sunday happens and every member is actually here, Pastor, that's still not the limit of First Pentecostal Church. While we're in here worshiping the name of Jesus, his spirit is flowing down the streets and going in their homes and touching their hearts and drawing them because Jerusalem is a city without walls. Oh, let's worship him. I feel his presence here. You can stop a car wreck. You can stop a crime. You can stop a suicide. You can stop a family breakup. 
you can stop a runaway child. I'll tell you how you do it. You serve that God that is everywhere. That God who hears our cry. That God who responds to our needs. And you can send his angels by calling on his name. And he'll be with your children. He'll touch them in their houses. He'll reach them in their hearts. Because there's no walls that hold this in. But here's what I also like. He said where they need a wall to keep the enemy out, I'll be the wall. I'll be the wall. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. You know what that means? You don't have to worry that there's no walls around us because when the enemy mounts his attack, the Bible says I'll be a wall of fire round about them. Hear me. When the enemy comes, God's going to raise up the flames of the Holy Ghost to hold him out. He cannot harm us. He cannot defeat us because God said... I'll be the wall. They'll still be able to come in. The hungry, the hopeless, the helpless, they'll still be able to come in. You'll still be able to go out and pluck them from the burning. But when the enemy comes, he's going to have a hard time of it because he's going to run into a wall of apostolic revival, of Holy Ghost power, of the name of Jesus Christ. And I will be a wall round about them a wall to protect a wall to deliver stand with me would you I'm going to try to quit to measure anything when God is in it is the most fruitless of pursuits to decide that I'm going to decide what I am and what I've done and what I matter and mean in the kingdom of God is silly we don't have the ability to see because none of us are just us when the Holy Spirit comes in a person's life so many things happen according to scripture that it's, it's difficult to even grasp old things are passed away behold all things are become new that we rise, Paul said, to walk in the newness of life. What we once loved, we don't love anymore. And what we once hated, we love. Everything's different. Everything's changed. But there is that mystical truth that is beyond comprehension. We become more than a saved sinner. We become more than a new creature in Christ Jesus. We become an outpost of the Spirit of God in this world. And from that moment, when you walk in the door, the Holy Ghost walks in that door. When the enemy tries to discourage, tear down, destroy, divide, 
separate, defeat. You don't have to take it on yourself. Your value is not in you. Your power, your value is in him. And when you whisper the name of Jesus, you break the powers that hold people bound. You open doors that have slammed in so many faces. You make a way where there was no way. You bring hope where there is none. You do. You do. And when the enemy comes and he tells you you're of no value, he tells you you don't make a difference, he tells you that you're weak, points out your failures and your weaknesses, you need to remember something. It's not by might, nor yet by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. He doesn't measure me by these two hands. He measures me by the flow of his spirit that pours through me. That at your school and on your job and in your home, where your parents are unsaved or your children don't serve God, he measures my worth by the spirit that flows, by my faith in him, by my trust. Don't bother to measure Jerusalem. It's not here. It's in your house. It's on your job. It's at your school. It's everywhere you walk. The kingdom of God flows. The power of God is made available. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. <laughs> When the devil comes in, don't listen to what he has to say. God measures things in an entirely different way. And you matter. You count. Young or old, rich or poor, educated, unlearned. Because of his presence, I will be the wall. I will be in their midst I will be their God. And because of that, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Because of that, I am a more than a conqueror through Christ who loved me. Hadn't been a good year. Maybe the enemy has reminded you of that. You haven't been all you could be. And some things you're downright embarrassed about. This is a great time of the year. Because at this point in the year, we look back. Sometimes with tears. But we also look forward. And I've come to preach to you tonight. Don't measure yourself by yourself. Or by others. Recognize that God filled you with all the power you will ever need to change this world. If you're here this evening 
and you're hungry to fulfill the calling that the value God sees in you would be made manifest in your life that the world would be a better place because we are in it that this church would have a revival that will spread beyond its walls beyond its neighborhood into every part of this city this county and indeed this part of the world because we've got all we need put your measuring stick away and understand that God sees you and God wants to use you and he will empower you if you're here this evening and you don't have that Holy Spirit that you have nothing to fight back with when the enemy tells you you don't matter I invite you to come this evening and here at the front of our church, God will pour his spirit out in your life. And you too will find a reason to live, to get up in the morning and go through the day. And if you're here and you've struggled through this year, but you're believing God for a greater year next year, to recognize what God can do in spite of us, I wish you would step out now. And make your way to the front of the church. And here, we're going to spend just a moment or two reaching out to God. Would you do that? In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it, Savior. In Jesus' name. Come on right now. Someone's waiting for us. 